To my father, Alfonso Uptal Amos, and to Gold Star families everywhere, this episode is dedicated to you. Welcome to Holding Down the Fort, a podcast show dedicated to curating knowledge, resources, and relevant stories so military spouses can continue to make confident and informed decisions for their families. Because, let's face it, we know who's really holding down the fort. I'm Jen Amos, a Gold Star daughter, a veteran spouse, and your host for today's show. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back. If this is your first time listening to Holding Down the Fort, I encourage you to check out episode three, where we had an opportunity to be interviewed, my husband specifically, Scott R. Tucker, by Kimber Hill, founder of VertForce. And in that episode, you get to learn a little bit more about really what inspired us to start this podcast show. So if you have not listened to that yet, I highly encourage it. And if you have, thanks. (laughs) Now that you've heard a little bit about my husband's story, I want to tell you a little bit about mine. I want to use this episode to really introduce myself and elaborate why I have chosen to host the show. First of all, I never thought that I would find myself hosting a show that speaks to military families. Let me start with my background. I was born as a Navy child in Yokosuka, Japan Naval Base. And like many military families, my family and I would move every two to three years. My father was the one who joined the service. He served as a machinist mate, first class in the US Navy. As he was nearing retirement, the service had decided to station him in Japan one final time to finish out the rest of his career. He was about two years away from serving a full 20 years when he went missing. At that time, he was aboard the USS Kitty Hawk in October 1998 in the Pacific Ocean. So you can do the math. And I only understood so much about what was going on. I remember the day when some important person, I was too young, I don't remember. I think it was a pastor or possibly the captain of his ship, came to our house to break the news. We had learned that my father was last seen by himself on the upper deck of a naval aircraft carrier. I was able to learn a little bit more about this literally just earlier this year on New Year's Day because I had met my dad's best friend for the first time and he told me that he was the last person to see him before he went missing. But that's a story for another time. So my dad went missing and they sent an entire search crew to find him for three days to no success. I remember when they broke the news to us. I don't exactly remember what they said to my mom. I just remember that I was sitting behind her and she just broke down. I actually didn't know how to process what was happening because I was so young and my dad had been deployed months at a time so often as I was growing up. Now, don't get me wrong, I had very fond memories of him. I still like to believe that he loved me so much more than my older brother. And I'd like to believe that I was his princess until my sister was born. (laughs) But it didn't hit me in that moment to know that those fond memories of my father were never going to happen ever again. And I remember in that moment, I felt like I should have cried. I tried. In that moment, I tried to shed a couple of tears in support of my mom. 
Well, reality really started to hit when we were told that it was time to leave Japan. Since we no longer had my father, we didn't have a sponsor for us to continue living there. The sudden disappearance of my father was in the local newspaper on base. So a lot of my friends got wind of it, and they immediately came out to support me. And at that time, I had really felt this sense of community to comfort me. I was actually really happy about it more than anything. I was like, oh, now I have friends because I lost my dad. But then it was time to move. That's when I cried. That's when I really cried. Truthfully, I was more upset that I had to leave my friends than I actually lost my dad. I was sad that my life had to change again. I know that some kids are able to thrive when their life changes so frequently, but not me. After losing my dad and having to uproot my life another time, even when we moved to San Diego, California, we moved again within a year. It was clear to me that at 10 years old, everyone I cared about in my life was either going to leave me or die. I know, not the healthiest thing to believe, but that was my reality at the time. For years following the loss of my dad, I had become really indifferent about my relationships. Most of all, I became especially disconnected with anything affiliated with the military. That is, until I met my husband. So, before I met my husband, I was under the impression that people solely join the military for employment opportunities. How do I understand that? Well, my parents were immigrants from the Philippines when my dad had decided to join the U.S. Navy back in the early 1980s. I had actually come from a family of farmers. My mom and dad, both of their families before they met, were farmers. And my family back home are still farmers, even till this day. I was told by one of my relatives when I was younger that my dad used to love farming, but his father told him to join the Navy. His father wanted him to find more opportunities for himself. See, for my family, having joined the military, it really had nothing to do with honor, making a difference, or serving the greater good. It was really about employment opportunity, the chance to get out of your current circumstances and do something better for yourself and your family. It's not that my parents had come from a bad place, it's just the opportunity to have more options in life seemed to be more important to my father's father, and he wanted that for him more than anything. I had also come to learn that many of my peers had decided to join the military for employment opportunities as well. I mean, it makes sense if you think about it. You have a chance to travel, you have all these amazing benefits, and most of all, you have some sense of stability. You know where your paycheck is going to come from, how often you're going to get paid, and even if you don't know where you're going to travel next, you can trust that the military is going to take care of you. To me, I saw the military as a fallback, if anything. I did not want to join for very personal reasons, as you already know. My mom would always insist that if I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life after college, that having a college degree would pre-qualify me to become an officer in the military. To my mom, joining the military was about having benefits, a predictable paycheck, and an overall stable job. But I already knew the cost of stability as a military child. And since 10 years old, I understood the cost of stability as a gold star daughter. When I'm encouraged to join the military, I immediately think about my upbringing. I think about constantly uprooting my life, working up the courage to make new friends, and feeling powerless to my parents' dependency in following military orders. If that wasn't enough, when anyone talked about the military to me, of course, I thought about the loss of my dad, first and foremost. So to sum it up, as sad as it sounds, that was my reality. 
I had associated the military and stable jobs for that matter with death. (laughs) As I reflect back on this last decade of my adult life, I realize that I've never worked at your traditional nine to five standard job. At best, I would work part-time jobs and small side hustles only to get fired if I didn't quit first. I've mainly been in sales and started and ran my own business and today run a business with my husband. I have found more comfort and feelings of stability in an unstable, unpredictable lifestyle than your standard stable one. And no matter how difficult this lifestyle has been for me, it was a lot better than feeling like I was facing death if I were to consider a stable job. So going back to having met my husband, he actually showed me a different perspective of the military. He joined the military because he wanted to make a difference. He wanted to be part of something bigger. To him, it was an honor to serve your country, that even after the military, it was important to him that he continued to serve America in his own way as a veteran. Anyway, not going to dive too much into his story because you could listen to episode three for that. Anyway, prior to meeting my husband, I had graduated from San Diego State University 2011. Go Aztecs! As I was about to graduate, even after I graduated, I had pursued sales. Then, as I mentioned, I ran an online marketing and referral agency for a handful of years. My husband was introduced to me as a client. So long story short, when we found out that we had feelings for each other, the rest became history. So part of why we met is because he was really interested in applying the duty on our country philosophy from General Douglas MacArthur, his famous speech that was ingrained in him when he attended West Point. And in case you're curious, he's an O2 grad. I feel like I have to say that because it seems like all West Pointers tend to ask each other what year they graduated. So in case you're wondering, my husband is an O2 West Point grad. Well, he felt that it was his responsibility to apply this duty honor country philosophy in what he was doing in his post-military life, which at the time was being a financial advisor. As a financial advisor, he didn't want to just prepare his clients for retirement. He wanted to prepare them to live a life of intention after the military empower them to define a new way to serve as a veteran, and how many can be a tool to help you accomplish that. I had found his vision fascinating and relatable. Having been a salesperson and business owner for the majority of my adult life, I had to live my life intentionally, (laughs) or I wasn't going to get a paycheck. So as our relationship developed, our work together also developed. The more involved I got in his business, the more it became our business. Throughout the short years we worked together, I saw his passion really shine toward active duty service members about to transition and of course veterans. Now, jumping to summer 2018, about two years ago now, my life had changed once again. My husband and I had decided that we were going to expand our business to the East Coast. So I left my home of 20 years in San Diego, California. I left my family and friends. I said goodbye to my business. I decided that it was time to move on and really start a new chapter. So when I arrived to the East Coast, I was already used to change. I had moved every two to three years as a kid, and even in the last couple of years, I had moved a handful of times. But this time was different. I mean, for one, I moved to the East Coast. I moved to the other side of the U.S., which I've never lived. And soon after, I had found myself struggling with a sense of identity. What I thought was my identity back in the West Coast was essentially stripped away once we moved over here. Even though I had decided to work with my husband full-time, I was mainly working alone. He had already flown to the East Coast a number of times before I came with him, so he had already established a network where I was starting from zero. 
I wasn't ready to dive into business meetings or meeting our colleagues yet, so he'd be out of the house often running in full force while I was dealing with this big life transition by myself and luckily with my dog to keep me company. My role developed in our business. I was happy to work internally and run operations. It gave me the breathing room I needed to get settled into our new life and a nice break from doing sales as I did in my former business. Yet, as content as I was, I felt disconnected with my husband's vision and passion to work with active duty service members and veterans. I mean, I didn't know how to connect with veterans because I was not a veteran. I had never officially served the way that he did or my father did. So part of the work we did in our business is training our team to see their story play a part in our overall mission. Many people have chosen to work, intern, or support us here at US Vet Wealth because they too were affiliated with the military and wanted to learn how to make a difference while making a living. Some examples of that would be veterans helping veterans discover their new mission for post-military life, such as helping them start a business or active duty military spouses helping fellow military spouses get the right financial education they need to fully understand and handle the family finances while their service members are deployed or about to transition. Now, I hadn't tied my own story to our overall mission like most of my colleagues have because for me to go beyond my association with my husband being an army officer vet would mean that I had to dig deep and face a mental block that I was having. The fact that I was associated with the military community. I was a Navy child. I moved every two to three years. I became a gold star daughter when I lost my dad. My post-military life abruptly started when I was only 10 years old. You know, even to this day, we don't know what happened to my father. I love my mom. We have a great relationship today, but it took us 20 years to get to where we are today. I now understand why it seemed like there was no time to mourn together. She had to survive and raise three kids under 11 years old on her own. There was no time for emotional bonding, no time for explaining what happened to dad, how it affected her. We left Japan and started a new life in San Diego as if he never existed. I'm sure she was thinking, okay, the love of my life is gone. I got to provide. I got to figure this out. So when I think about the military community and my association with it, I hope you understand my mental block. And you're pretty lucky because if this episode wasn't edited, you probably would hear me pausing a lot. I appreciate you bearing with me and telling my story because this is something that I'm still working through. As a gold star daughter, coming out here, starting over, everything I thought was me meant that I had to face my past, which I thought was in the past for a reason. <laughs> and now it's become relevant to my professional life. So if you listen to episode three of this podcast show, which I totally recommend, if you haven't listened to it yet, you'll know that the show was inspired by that interview. And that interview was really speaking to military spouses. It felt right for me amongst the people in our team to host this show, Holding Down the Fort. Yet even before the show started, I had already felt a disconnect with it as well because I'm not a military spouse. I'd like to say that I am a veteran spouse because I met my husband after his service, but I was never an active duty military spouse, which was a community we felt inspired to start this podcast for. But hey, I realized something. While my mom was holding down the fort as our father was serving our country, I believe that my siblings and I were holding down the fort for her. And when we lost my father, I believe that my mom kept it together because we gave her a reason to continue forward. 20 years later, I'm happy to share that my Gold Star family is doing really well. 
My siblings and I are all college graduates with bachelor's degrees and living out our eclectic lives and careers. Mom couldn't be any happier and healthier today. So that's where this podcast comes in. In my personal experience, I have found that military families are far from the average American family. While on active duty, families learn resilience, resourcefulness, time management, organizational skills, flexibility, delayed gratification, and of course, how to establish a new normal after every PCS. These are all the traits I had acquired as a military child and now attribute to the work I do as a Gold Star daughter, a veteran spouse, and an advocate for military families. My hope for this show, Holding Down the Fort, is to do my part to make the lives of active duty military spouses' lives easier by curating knowledge, resources, and relevant stories so you can continue to make confident and informed decisions for your family. With that said, I wanna thank you for listening and I encourage you to join in on the conversation. I want the show to be a collective effort of what you wanna put in it and what you wanna share to military families today. You can get involved. I encourage you to join our Instagram community at Holding Down the Fort Podcast. You can subscribe to our newsletter for the latest education, resources, or relevant stories at holdingdownthefortpodcast.com forward slash subscribe. Or you can email us at holdingdownthefortpodcast at gmail.com. You can check out the show notes of this episode for more information. Now, I have a special place in my heart for talking about financial education in honor of my mom's financial struggles after the military and my husband's passion in financial education for military families today. In each episode, we'll be adding a special educational segment explaining how we redefine how transition and retirement is traditionally done. I also encourage you to learn more about us and our company at holdingdownthefort.com forward slash sponsor or visit our company site directly at usvetwealth.com. And that's it. (laughs) With that said, I'm Jen Amos, gold star daughter, veteran spouse, advocate for military families, and your proud show host. I hope you're able to gain one piece of knowledge, resource, or relevant story that you can apply to your life today as you continue to hold down the fort. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Oh,